On this episode of Bite Sized, we are watching and discussing the third scene of the movie Twilight. For those of you watching along at home, that is from minute 206 to 409. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Bite Size, the Twilight Film Retrospective podcast. For those of you just jumping on, here's what is happening. I am Ben Abair, your host, a comedian and, and now podcaster in the Chicago area. I and a guest, a different guest each episode, are watching and discussing the Twilight films one scene at a time. Arguably the worst possible way to watch these movies, certainly not a way I recommend. Joining me today for episode three of the podcast is a comedian, author, podcaster in her own right. She asked me to call her a renaissance woman, Emily <laughs> Barugin. Welcome to Bite Size. I did not ask you that. You you said, hey, you are a renaissance woman. I need to call you that. And I said, if you insist. So, you know, I didn't I didn't say anything. That's I just want to put not that out true, there. but that conversation happened before we were recording, and so no I can't one, prove it. No one can prove I can't. I can't <laughs> prove it or disprove it. Emily Brugin, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How good. are you? I was I have been looking forward to this actually for for like a week since you asked me. I'm glad to hear it. Um just because it's exciting. I don't get asked to like be a guest on a lot of podcasts yeah. and yeah, I just um I have I have my own relationship with Twilight. Well, that's the first question. I'm going to start this interview the way I start all it. the other ones. Emily Barugin, what is your history with the Twilight franchise? <laughs> I love that you keep saying my first and last name. It's professional. Just in case anyone else needs to know. Um okay, I was a Twilight gal. Mm -hmm. I read all the books when they were coming out. Um I think I I was in like middle school. Like uh, seventh or eighth grade, I think, yeah. when they were like at its peak. And I would have like reading parties with my friends because we were super cool. Uh, and we'd go into my friend's basement and we'd like all read our Twilight books and we just probably wouldn't talk and it would be great. Sounds like a fun party. It was fun. And then when the movies came out, it was past our time. We were like, okay, but well now we're done with Twilight. But we still like watched them and we, we hate watched them pretty much. Really? Yeah. What inspired the change how'd you go from loving them to hating them loving a book and seeing the movie thing uh, even if it's an amazing movie and an amazing book like like just a dramatic thing mm -hmm. there's always going to be something in the movie that makes you like annoyed like yeah. if you're thinking of like harry potter books versus the movies there's always like one detail that you wish they had that they couldn't they didn't have time for because it's also a two and a half hour movie you know it's like yeah like that so like with Twilight, I think it's already not like the best book. It was yeah. more like a we were in eighth grade and we loved this unrequited love. And then when you see it played out in front of you, you're like, oh, this isn't good. Like, yeah, I romanticize it so much in my head and now I'm seeing it and you're like, oh, like I see the red flags now, you know? Interesting. I feel like, yeah, most people you hear from either dislike the movies because they dislike the whole thing or love the books, love the movies. I feel like I don't talk to a lot of people who read the books and then saw the movies and were like, this is not what I signed yeah. up for. Well, you know, and I haven't read the books in a long time. So yeah. I, I, if I read them again, I'd be like, I'd probably be rolling my eyes. I think it was just like I was caught up in the movement. Yeah. Um, but like there is a thing called, there's a, there's an app called Passion Flicks. Never and it is, it. it is a romance. They own, they turn romance books into movies. Mm -hmm. And so they have other things like that were on that are have been books that were on um like Hallmark or things like that. That's just where all of them reside. But 
when I found out about it, I was so excited because I love romance novels. Yeah. And I found out that they, one of the first ever like kind of smut heavy romance novels I read was turned into a movie. I watched it and I was like, oh, this is a terrible story. Yeah. So I think once that happened a few years ago, it like made me realize these things. And you just... And I apply it to Twilight now. You just can't enjoy movies of books that you like. Is that what I'm understanding? No, I can't enjoy... When I realize that the story is actually so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate being told. Remember, I the, hate being the, told that our the, audience here is Twilight fans. That's what we're going for. Never mind. The, it's so good. No, no. I mean, again, it's like fun to watch. It's a, it has it holds a safe place in my heart. But yeah. it's just like, as you grow up, you're like, oh, boy. You know, eighth grade Emily was much different than you know, X amount of age, Emily. So, well, let's get into the clip we watched today. Mm-hmm. We watched about two minutes and two seconds of the film Twilight. We start with the title card. That's what it's called in the biz. Mm-hmm. The word Twilight <laughs> over some No mountains. one knew. Yeah. I did write it down, actually, though. I have notes for this. I don't oh, know. If... I have notes, too. Okay, good. I'm also a You should have notes. <laughs> I Just let me get through I'm so sorry, I'm the sorry. description of the scene. <laughs> uh, we see Bella Swan in the police car with her father, Charlie, driving through Forks, talking about Forks and how small it is, pulling up to the new home, getting to see her new surroundings. What were your first impressions of this scene on this watch? Like, I know that the whole movie is shot in the blue-gray scale. Yes. But it's so apparent, with because the, the title card is all blue and white and yeah. gray. And then it, it's like, oh, the filter is not gone. It is there, and I forgot about it, and it's there the whole time. And it's going to be there the whole yeah. time. And the second note I wrote was Dutch Angle Choices, because another thing I remember is that this whole movie has the craziest choices for shots. Dutch angle means tilted, like it's tilted on its... Oh, okay. It's cat kitty corn. I don't know how to... You yeah. see what I'm doing? Yes. You could maybe explain it. I can't. It's a tilted angle shot. I hadn't seen this movie in over 10 years. Really? Yes. And I actually watched it drunkenly with my girlfriends like a year ago. Yeah. On a whim. They mm-hmm. just turned it on. And I remember sitting there being like, oh my God. And like screaming at it the whole time being like, how was this made because the choices are so interesting and weird and I'd never seen something in a not a kids movie but a preteen rom-commy whatever so yeah that all just came flushing back to me of like oh yeah Dutch angles sure all that the voiceover happened and she was it's her explaining what where she is and the like the inflection of her voice is like in the state of Washington under a near constant cover of clouds and rain there's a small town named Forks population 3,120 people this is why I'm moving the way she's doing it makes me think it's gonna be a noir almost interesting it kind of like the, is. the tone of her voice makes it but it's a but it's a what 16 year old girl so yeah it's definitely it's sort of a young adult oh 18 she's doing noir. Her, fr- her senior think, year there right I don't know I can't where remember exactly how old she, she is, is in the journey I think it's like her last year of high school, I think is what it is. Yeah, the way she says it kind of makes me giggle because it's just like, has she seen a lot in her life that she's so like, forks, here we go, you know? Well, I mean, she's been there a lot before. Yeah. Yeah. If you listen to the It's not her first time there. Yeah. She's seen all that it has to offer, apparently. All of its Bigfoot carvings. Yeah. And bear statues. Bear statues. A lot of logs. Yeah. Logs galore. A lot of logs. And I also wanted to ask, there is, we do see a log truck. Mm-hmm. Um, this log truck has no driver. Did you notice that? No. Take a look. I have it pulled up here on the screen. 
this is the log truck. There is there, no one in there. There is no one in that log truck. That's scary. From a film perspective, I guess they just didn't want to pay a person to appear on screen. No, and so they have somebody. They have another truck that's out of the shop pulling. Or the, they just the one edited forward. the guy out. I don't know. Which would be, but that's that costs money to edit somebody out of a shot. I wish they put a dog in there or something instead, like to just show how quirky <laughs> Forks is. Sure. What do you think is going on though in the universe of the film where you have this driverless log truck? How does that happen? Uh, I have two theories, but I'll let you go first. First one that comes to mind, it's a vampire and the camera can't catch it on sure. camera. Sure, that is that is a great reading. It's an easy one. Yeah, I had an idea along similar lines where we know in this Forks, Washington, there's vampires, there's werewolves. Yep. Why not, not an why invisible not man or a ghost? Oh. <laughs> yeah, any kind of other supernatural being or just a vampire. But what's nice is that they're following the rules of the road too. So it's a really polite, like, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm here in society and I'm doing my debt. Right. Ghost slash invisible man. My other thought, this truck is moving very slow. Mm. And maybe the driver got out to do something and forgot and to put the truck in park. And it started rolling. And it cuts away too soon. We don't get to see the driver yeah. sprinting down after We don't it. hear screams. No. It, also, to do that in front of the police car, though. Ballsy. Yeah. So you would think that maybe if that happened, the next shot where they're pulling up, the dad is like, can't believe I caught that truck. You can only time. assume can there only is assume. there is an unseen part of this movie that is charlie telling bella hold on a second yeah he's gotta run down this truck and stop it from hitting i don't know some school children can i say speaking of the dad yes is his what's his billy charlie charlie okay i've only name? said it like five times no today. no but in in real life is his name billy or something? i i don't know i don't care about real life well i, I care about twilight i apologize i think it maybe like i don't know maybe i've seen him in something else but my note on that was like doing awkward divorce dad stuff so well like yeah. he's just it's it like kind of like makes my dead heart grow three sizes where he's just like looking at her and he's like, yeah, I picked out purple. Like I'm uncomfortable because I'm a guy, but I got a daughter. Like I'm right. just like, oh, he's killing it. He's yeah. doing great in that role. It's a pretty good work lamp. Sales lady picked out the, the bed stuff. You like you like purple, right? Purple's cool. Thanks. Okay. He's doing Billy great. was no, I'm kidding. Charlie. I, Charlie is Charlie Swan. Billy Charlie Swan. Okay, if Barley you insist. Barley Swan. They drive to their house mm -hmm. where Charlie immediately parks on the lawn, and you can tell he does that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she gets out of the car. Mm -hmm. She's holding a tiny cactus. Yes. Again, I have not seen the movie in in now two years. Yeah. I wasn't paying very much attention, and when you sent me the scene to watch, I did not watch before. Right. But in my head, it was like, okay, she was just on a plane. Yeah. Got off the plane, went to uh, baggage claim, got her bags, found Charlie. <laughs> I almost said Billy. I'm so sorry. Found Charlie, got in the car, and they're driving. When they're right. in the car, you don't see anything. She gets out of the car holding the tiniest cactus. Yeah. Was she holding it the whole time? Well, listeners to the last episode will know that scene two of Twilight starts with her in Arizona leaving, digging up a cactus to take with her as sort of a to remember her time. And, and, and I so knew the question she came is, from the like Southwest. Yes. So I knew it was to represent that. She brought that cactus on a plane yeah. with her. Yeah. That's yeah. her carry-on. That's Basically, her personal item. Yeah. yeah. It just seemed to come out of nowhere as someone who only watched this scene mm -hmm. and didn't even see it in the car. And I know like it's it's from their what shoulders up, really. Yeah. Like you don't see their hands, but like there could be a tiny cactus anywhere in that car. But the fact that when she got up, she held it so close to her face. As if the director said, Hold on, 
get that cactus next to your face. We got to remember that you are from the Southwest. Right. We need to show the yeah. viewer that this has just been one continuous journey. Yeah. This montage that we've seen didn't take years. Yeah. The tiniest cactus. And it's still perfect. It's still like sure. lovely, like round. Well, because it was dug up presumably just a few hours yeah. ago. She ruined the landscape to to bring that to force. There is, there is plenty of cactus to go around uh, in Arizona, I think. Haven't been there in a while. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. Do you think it's legal in Forks to park on your lawn like that? Because I feel like usually it's not. No, absolutely. Yeah. He First of all, he's the law. Sure. He is the law. He could do whatever he want. But I, I mean, know... he shouldn't. Even, like, I'm from the suburbs. Yeah. And, like, I'm from the, the suburbs where everyone has a paved driveway. I know, yeah. like, further out, there's more, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, not backwoods. What am I thinking? Like, there's more land where, where yeah. people have more land. Yeah. And they're like more man-made driveways, if you will. Sure. And I feel like that's what they're going for, that they're like, oh, yeah, everyone has land. It's a bit more spread out. Like, yeah. you can park on your grass. You can ruin your lawn if you, you want. Because clearly lawn. it's just mud. He's the law. I, he can do whatever he wants. He, he was sick of him? trying to get sod. He put sod in every day. And he was just like, fuck it. I'm sorry. Am I, am I allowed to swear on this? I guess. I'm not going to stop you. Fuck it, I'm driving over the side. What is in his driveway, if not his car? Does he have another car? Don't think there is a driveway. No driveway. I think it's an overgrown driveway. Okay. Wait, was he, I don't know, the next scene, is he going right back out? Not to spoil too much or anything, but in the next scene, there is a driveway. Maybe it's closer to get the bags out. And then he was going to go back and reposition the car. Maybe. It just looks like, given the mud and the tire tracks, Mm, this is something he does every day. Maybe that's where oh he saves the driveway for guests. Okay. Oh, for his for his friend who's in the who's in the wheelchair. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Because the wheelchair can't get through mud. We nailed it. Okay. Figure hey, mystery number one, solved. I'm glad we figured that out. Mystery number two. Oh <laughs> I this is a genuine question. I love something this. I want to talk about a lot. Okay. When he is getting Bella settled in, yeah. he talks about the bathroom. Yes. He says he cleared some shelf space for her. Yes. There's an ADR line where she says, oh, yeah, only one bathroom. Cleared some shelves off in the bathroom. Oh, right. One bathroom. How much shelf space is this divorced dad using? Because I don't know about you, but when I when I lived alone, a single man, mm-hmm. I did not use all the shelf space in my bathroom. And I feel like I use more product than the average guy. I feel like Charlie Swan is going to have like two things, maybe. So what was he taking off those shelves? In order to make room for Bella. Okay, and I have like three theories now. Maybe yeah. two. One, Bella has been there before. Old stuff from the last time she was there. Interesting. Like random things that have accumulated from female guests, maybe. Okay, you think maybe. he's got like, a lot of a lot of lovers oh, yeah. coming over. Oh, he pulls. Okay. <laughs> oh, Charlie pulls. All right. <laughs> Other thing is it's an older house. Maybe mm-hmm. there's not as much shelving per yeah. se. Yeah. So maybe there's literally one shelf. And he cleared off some shelf space. Okay. But I don't know what men use. Like shaving cream. I yeah. was about to say salt and pepper. Shampoo and conditioner. Salt and pepper in the bathroom. <laughs> For your Very hot important. dogs when you eat a yeah, hot dog shower. absolutely. Toothbrush, toothpaste, face wash, soap, extra soap. Charlie does not use face wash. Okay, extra bars of soap. Okay. Extra towels. Yeah. Which you, I would assume you just leave the towels there, unless the girl has different towels. You know, it doesn't tell us, uh, the movie does not tell us how many linen closets the bath the, the house has. Yeah. Hey, can the makers of Twilight please contact <laughs> us? Please let us know the layout of the entire space. What, what else does a guide use? 
I mean, maybe he shops in bulk and there's extra deodorant and okay, extra. He's like just got he's a Costco a guy. Four pack of Old Spice up there. That's yes, possible. That I guess. really could be a thing. Or like razors, pills. Yeah. Is he on any pills? Probably. He's the law. He's the law. He takes away the pills and he uses them. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, also, sorry, we didn't talk about the first song. That soundtrack to the Twilight movie was like inescapable growing up. Yeah. And I was a, I was like a pop punk emo kind of gal growing mm-hmm. up. I was very like Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, like that was my era. But like this soundtrack came out and everyone listened to it. Like the Muse baseball scene is like the oh. most famous thing ever. And like yeah. when I hear that song, I only think of that. And this one, the first notes of it came out and it was like, when the full moon and I was just immediately like, brought back to like childhood yeah because i remember listening to that cd like in order mm-hmm. and being like oh yeah this is like at the very top the music i feel like is pretty consistent it's a style of music that i did not listen to and would not have otherwise been exposed to especially when these came out mm-hmm. that would not have been on my right radar except for muse i was already a big muse fan and i think yeah. it's weird that that made it there's a there's two songs in here yeah. It's in, a lot in more the Twilight indie s Yeah. Like Flight uh, Iron, uh, what's, what's... Iron and Wine. Iron and Wine was yeah. a big one. But like, yeah, because I went from pop punk emo to like indie stuff for like one year. And then I was like, I don't like this. And right. I kind of went and found my own thing. But there, there are yeah. a couple songs that I have thoughts and mainly questions about. But I'll get into those when those yeah, scenes yeah, come that's up fair. That's fair. weeks down the road, months <laughs> and months away years. from there. Not quite years, fortunately. Simply weeks, I guess. During the scene, while we're driving through Forks, we get a good idea of what I'm going to generously call the downtown Forks art scene mm-hmm. and just the sort of civic culture. There's the aforementioned Bigfoot and bear carving statues. Classic. Needed on every street corner. Yeah. Oh, just everywhere. Yeah. I'm sure in Forks. All 10 or 12 of the street corners they have. (laughs) I don't want to talk too much about Forks being small. That feels mean-spirited. Well, Uh, it's not mean. It's just just a fact. It's a small town. And she moved there from presumably a big town. Or was Phoenix, was it? I think it was Phoenix. Which is not like exactly a... I mean... A bustling metropolis, like as, as like Chicago, like what you would think in a movie of like big buildings. Like, Phoenix is a different type of big town. The fifth largest city in the States. I know, but when I think of a city, I think of skyscrapers. Maybe you need to change the way you think about Phoenix because I bet it does have some skyscrapers. Well, I don't want to change the way I think of <laughs> I like the way I think. My, we're getting off topic here. My question yeah. for you, Emily, is would you rather have a wooden carved statue of a bear or a wooden carved statue of Bigfoot? Oh, bear why Uh, which size are we talking about we are talking about the ones that we see in the movie the bigfoot one they're like six seven feet tall then the bear one is big but then there's a third there's a smaller bear one no yeah there's three statues that you don't get to choose the smaller bear one well oh so i have to choose one of the big or the bear yeah oh i want to go bear because i think Mm -hmm. i would keep it in my apartment obviously okay and i would be terrified I actually do have high ceilings yeah. in my apartment, and I would wake up in the middle of the night and probably be really scared of the Bigfoot one. Okay, and you don't think you would be scared of the bear? No, I think I could see I could make out the ears of a okay. bear. 
Bigfoot? I don't know what you that is. That's a the, huge thing. You could see the fish that the bear is holding in its mouth. And, and I know. Owl. He's just having a snack. Oh, his he's mouth just is a full. Bear he can't bite me. Yes, his he's, mouth is full. He's got a salmon in there. But for any intruders coming into my apartment, they can't see that. They're not used to seeing a bear with a salmon, so they'll think yeah. it's real. Whereas Bigfoot will, would scare everyone. Right. Yeah, the bear would scare everyone except me, which I can accept. Interesting. You are not afraid of bears. No. You are afraid of Bigfoots. I don't know. I've never met a Bigfoot. Okay. Have I met a bear? You're talking to one right now. Shit. Ben A. Bear is my name. And that's why I would choose the bear. I like bears. I like Winnie the Pooh bear. That's a good one. No, this is a different bear, though. This is a big, scary bear. My friend once did a project on polar bears in sixth grade, and she loved them. And the teacher was like, why did you choose this? And it was an in-depth like report. Yeah. It was because they're so cute. And the teacher goes, it's a bear. It could maul and kill you. Yeah. And then her like spirit, I watched her spirit just break. Yeah. But ever since I've been like bears, <laughs> like I always think of her and just be like, they're cute. Oh, we see Bella in the movie move into a childhood bedroom of sorts. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you might expect to see a child have in their bedroom. There's a classic hand turkey. There's multiple puzzles and a game of Twister. If you mm-hmm. were to move back into your childhood bedroom, what would you find? What would you keep? What would you get rid of? Speak on that. I had a million posters. I Oh, I had all my American Girl dolls. Interesting. Um, they are now like boxed up and like ready for whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm keeping those things. Yeah. I had books. I love my books very much. Yeah. I had two types of bookshelves. I'm trying to think. I had a large M&M that you could sit on. It was the red one. Was it? I wanted like, a David like Buster's a bag, or it was like a life size, like as big as a seven year old girl red uh-huh. M and M with arms not a life and size M and M, which is actually very small. Yes, yeah, <laughs> life size for a child. Okay, <laughs> that was in the corner that I would like sit against because you would think it's cushy. It is not. Is it was it... made of like styrofoam almost. Okay, was it supposed to be like a chair? I think it was. No, it was supposed to be like a cushy thing, and then it was like a cheap like David Buster's. Like yeah. I spent all my tickets on that but i would i would like sit against it because it was hard mm-hmm. and that would be like my reading corner i had a small tv player like a a, a small cube of yeah. a tv with a dvd player with Ooh. a stack of like charmed season dvds yeah. and we had a huge dvd collection in our basement but like mine were like my tv shows and like buffy the vampire slayer yeah. and charmed and like there was always a stack of three or four that i was just going through because i i just live my life with a tv on usually because i like to have something in the background sure. yeah it's the now it's music but it used to be tv oh but yeah my my walls were covered yeah. in posters like it grew it started when i was younger and i was really into figure skating and i had like a christy yamaguchi poster mm-hmm. but then it would like there was green day there was no doubt i had an amanda Bynes poster Ooh. um i had cover art from like fallout boy uh albums yeah. and and then like random drawings that people had. So it was, uh, it was an, ecl- it, if you walked into it and Ben, uh-huh. you know me like, you know me pretty well. I've known you for five years at this point. That's insane that we've yeah. known each other. But yeah, if you walked in, you would, I could imagine you going, oh yeah, this is like your childhood bedroom. Yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Did you have a good work lamp in there? I did have a good work lamp. What makes for a good work lamp? A, st- a sturdy light. Yeah, a sturdy, a sturdy light. stream okay, hold on, of light. Let me write light. this down. A sturdy stream of light. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. It's like a direct beam, if you will, but there is a bit of a flare. Yeah. So it could cover a space, but if it's directly on your homework per se, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna see those math problems. <laughs> what would you say was your favorite part of this scene? 
Charlie, hashtag Charlie Billy, get yeah. that going, as the awkward dad was just so good. He played it so like earnestly. Sure. And it, and I and I do I'm not a child of divorce. I don't know this, but you know, I it was just it made me want to give him a hug. Okay. And it made me want to shake Bella to be like, stop being so weird. Like he's clearly trying. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that he wanted to he cleared he cleared a shelf for her. That's nice. He cleared a shelf he for her. He cleared a shelf. What a guy. What a what man. A, we we stand. We stand of, Charlie Billy. The woke king. <laughs> Uh, the woke king. <laughs> if you had to name this scene, what would it be? And this is also going to be the name of the episode, so make it good. Oh, God. I kind of want to name it Forks. Here we go again. Forks. Here <laughs> we go again. The sequel, of course, to Forks. Is that what he just that's a, named? No, that's a Mamma Mia joke. Oh, okay. You got Mamma Mia and then Mamma Mia. Here thank we you. go again. I thought you meant Will named the... because uh, Sorry, Will... Um, Will Nicholson. Wickelson was the... Wickelson. Wickelson for short was the previous. Yes, scene. yes, he yeah. was. So I thought you said he named it just Forks, and I was like, "Wow, we're on the same wavelength." No, he I mean, he gave it a similar name. The name he gave his episode was Phoenix Rising: colon, A Stuck Cactus Never Blooms. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it's too late though. It's you too got, late. We already wrote it down. You got Forks. Here, Here we, we go, go again. again. <laughs> you both gave it a subtitle though. I find that interesting. Yeah, because yeah. we need to hear ourselves talk more. Emily Barugin, yeah. thank you so much for being on Bite Size. Uh, if people who listen to the show want to find out more about you and the things that you do, where should they go? You should go to, I host a, I co-host a podcast with Jessica Mull called Femmes Reading Filth, and it's a podcast about romance novels and fan fiction. Mm. And you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Real quick, on her little bulletin board in the bedroom was like a little bumper sticker bookmark Is it Femmes Reading Phil? <laughs> no, it says reading is sexy. Do you think reading is sexy? Reading is sexy. Wow. A man that reads is sexy as fuck. There you go. I also do riff with a lot of the people who have been on this show. That's in Chicago mm-hmm. on Saturdays at 10 at IO. And then finally, I also, in my free time, write romance novels myself. So, you know, I have one called The Man Across the Alley, and it's under a pen name called Emily Barrage. Second book is coming out this summer, July 12th 2023 and it's called the robbery across the hall Whoa! so is yeah it a sequel it is a sequel wow. it's, a, it's a spiritual sequel same universe different crime different couple okay yeah incredible so i got a lot of stuff come find me it's i'm fun i'm nice i promise sometimes thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of bite size the twilight film retrospective if you want to follow the show on social media i recommend that you do we are at bite sized pod underscore on twitter instagram and tiktok maybe one day we'll get a blue sky invite you can find us there too but until then just twitter instagram and tiktok tell a friend about the show share it leave a review you're a person in the year 2023 you know all the things that podcasts typically ask you to do Our producer is Ben Oksher. Our theme song is Mauled to Death by the fantastic band Swimwear Department. Find them wherever you find your music. That is it for another episode of Bite Sized. As we always say at the end of the episode... Oh, boy, vampires! Womp, womp, womp! Oh, boy, vampires! (laughs) Womp, womp, womp! See you next time! I was so scared. (laughs)